This is episode number 117 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, we had the opportunity to talk with Audrey Assad again. Super cool conversation. Um, really neat stuff for Christmas. I hope you're having a great Christmas as we're almost there. Um, I hope you're having a good time with your, your ministry as well as trying to find time for family. Um, but we're going to jump in. Here we go with episode number 117 of the Church Collective Podcast. I've always loved kind of somber, contemplative things, but you know, I grew up just like everyone else in this country, typically with a, a holiday season that's very focused on festivity. And, um, you know, the thing, it really came home to me one year. Um, my parents split up shortly before Christmas that year. It was 2008, I believe. And I went back to Florida for Christmas. And it was the first experience I had of kind of a split up family and um, for whatever reason, I don't remember why this is, but I guess just because I was the only one coming in from out of town, um, I ended up house-sitting for somebody who was out of town, and they had this big, beautiful house, and so I was staying there by myself, which was actually really great because I had a lot of space to kind of think and, and feel my feelings and all that. Sure. But, but for whatever reason, on Christmas Eve, which I spent with my mom, and then Christmas Day, I spent with my father... And then everybody else had other plans. Like my brothers had other plans. My parents had other plans for Christmas evening. And I just sat there alone in the house from like noon to 10 p.m. or whatever. And um, I was in a lot of pain and I cried a lot and I was sort of lonely and weirded out by the whole thing. And um, it just nothing about it felt the way that I had been coached that Christmas feels, you know that Christmas is like, is always merry, um, just by being Christmas, you know, sure. it didn't, it just didn't work anymore. <laughs> it's kind of like the first undoing of that for me. Um, and so, uh, I think at that point I started to think differently. I started to think, okay, Christmas really is about the spirit of Christmas, but what, but what even is that, you know, mm-hmm. even, even, um, the, the beautiful story of Jesus becoming man and, and dwelling with us is it, it can meet anybody wherever they are is what I'm trying to say. So if, if you're having a joyful, festive, like family filled, beautiful, peaceful season, Jesus is for you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are having a financially difficult and lonely time or you're sick, or you get diagnosed with cancer on Christmas Eve, or whatever happens, you know, you lose a child, because those things just keep happening. Um, Jesus is for you, and maybe in a special way for you. And so, because what I see in the Advent story and the Christmas story is God embracing the chaos and the fallenness of this world um, with complete abandon. And so, I just find that to be so beautiful, and I do think that it is. it behooves us, you know, as uh, those of us who are in any kind of ministry position to make space for people to be grieving um, sure. because it is just the reality of, of, of the, it's the reality of the world. And I think that Jesus is anxious to, you know, put those tears into a bottle as the Psalm says, you know, um, to keep them counted and to hold them sacred and, and to, to witness that in people's lives. Sure. Is, um, how could you, like give encouragement to say the worship leader, like they'll be listening to this. We're probably right in the middle of doing their Christmas productions or working on their Christmas programs. Like, do you have any practical advice on how do you, how do you leave room for something like that in the midst of singing, say joy to the world, hark the herald, you know, what, what, mm-hmm. what kind of stuff would you yeah. suggest they do? You know, 
I think there's a variety of things that can be done. I think that, you know, liturgical churches have the advantage, perhaps, of sure. having these very reverent and somber rituals already in place. You know, they already kind of leave room for everyone because mm. of how because of how responsive, call and response they are and how, sure. you know, um, so, so for churches that aren't really doing that, I think that there are many, you know, many liturgical tool, tools that could be implemented, such as, you know, um, I mean, gosh, what's the classic uh, Isaiah uh, Isaiah fifty three? Sure. This is one where the Hallelujah chorus is really written from a lot of that. You know, a lot of Handel's Messiah is written from some of those kind of more somber passages. So um, I think readings such as that are really helpful. I think um, taking a moment of silence to pray for those who are experiencing loss, you know, and somewhere in the service could be something that you could do. I also think that um, just including songs that take a little more of a contemplative approach to the, you know, music. Um, mm. So like I, I've just recorded a song. I didn't really do this with this, but uh, <laughs> in the bleak midwinter, um, which talks about how this world and its fallenness was enough for God to come here. And he, he was moved enough by our, you know, our sorrow and suffering um, and our brokenness sure. and that he has everything, but he became nothing. And, and so songs that talk about that and, and give some musical space for people to feel something other than excitement <laughs> yeah. are just really pastoral and helpful. And you can kind of do all of it. You know, you don't have to choose one over the other, I feel like. Sure. And that, that was kind of the heart for this EP that you're just putting out with some like cool Christmas music. Could you maybe talk to, you know, you mentioned um, in the bleak midwinter, but talk to how you kind of landed on the songs mm-hmm. that you did in this project. Yeah. So I've always wanted to do an Advent or a Christmas record, and I still haven't gotten the time to do a whole one, but I will sure. someday. Um, <laughs> but I, in, in like mid-October, my husband and I were talking, and he's like, why don't you just do it now? It's so late, but like, who cares? You know, just, yeah. just do it like in a week. And I was like, okay. You know, so <laughs> I, so I had a list of songs that I had been kind of itching to do. And one of them is in the week midwinter. One of them is, um, a song by Gordon Lightfoot called song for a winter's night. And it's really, it's, you know, it's a love song. It's about missing somebody. And, uh, I like it because, yeah, it speaks to the reality of, of human longings that just don't change, you know, sure. in wintertime or Advent or Christmas. And I mean, even, you know, sometimes it helps me to remember that like at Christmas time, it's summer in Australia, you know, <laughs> sure. that like that there's so much about our context that informs how we celebrate certain things. And um, anyway, I wanted to do kind of a sad love song. So I did that one. And then uh, Winter Snow, which I wrote, oh gosh, I think it's been it's been about eight years since I wrote it and mm. seven years since it was recorded. Um, it was on Chris Tomlin's glory and the highest album in 2009. Yeah. And we did a live version of it on that record. Um, and I wanted to redo it and do something different. And so I kind of took a more choral approach, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very contemplative and kind of soothing, I hope. Um, Cause it sort of does address the idea that, you know, the kingdom of God advances not with force, uh, but in in quietness in so many in so many ways. And one of those ways is the incarnation. Sure. And uh, and so I love I love that idea. I'll probably harp on it for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of the the purpose of the EP was to bring it to that space of of idea of contemplation and, and sort of stillness. Sure. Now, have you been doing this music uh, lately? I have been. Um, yeah. I. 
I haven't been ta- traveling a ton recently. I kind of took some time off this fall and winter to, uh, you know, make some business changes, make some new music, and um, sure. just kind of reevaluate things to um, how it's all balancing and working together. But I have been playing a few shows, and I have been doing um, these songs, and it's been really nice. Like, I think um, it's been nice for me because I love them so much, and just to get to sing them with and to and for people sure. um, is, is, is awesome. So it's been really sweet. Yeah. You mentioned, too, like, so Winter Snow was written near eight years ago. I think that, mm-hmm. that, that would speak to, you know, some sort of longevity, health in your songwriting and your, you know, being able to you know, stay close to God and create music for, for that long. You have any advice for somebody maybe just starting out or, you know, maybe weary in the midst of it, you know, how do you, how do you keep fresh and healthy and close to God and focus on family and all that? Yeah. Good question. I, I just had a very similar question asked to me in an interview I was doing this morning earlier. And I just told, I just told him, I'll tell you the same thing. Like I really don't know the answer to how to be balanced because I'm constantly trying to learn how to walk on a tightrope like everyone else. Um, and it's sort of becoming, um, clear to me that, that mental and emotional and spiritual health, um, are things that no matter what line of work you're in, or if you're a stay at home mom, or if you are retired, or if you are sick and can't work or whatever your situation, um, the health of our hearts and our, our, our spirits is so important and it takes investment in time and work. And so for me, um, one of the most important things, and in fact, I'm actually after this, I'm heading to my therapist's office. One of the <laughs> most important things um, for me is is various types of, of healing works. So, like therapy, I go to a therapist that I love. I just absolutely love and adore, um, and has been so helpful and challenging in, in my personal growth and in my healing. Hmm. And then I I also go to acupuncture. It's everybody's going to be different, but for me, sure. I, I find these things that kind of help me maintain health, um, so that I can not only be um, able to do this without burnout. Cause man, I got to tell you, like I have come dangerously close to actual breaks with reality before because mm. of how burning the candle on both ends. I was, you know, sure. that it doesn't work uh, for very long. And, and I, uh, kind of had a, a few scary things go on in my, um, internal world about, you know, six or eight months ago. Mm. And I thought, okay, like this is, I got to intervene, you know, it's not, um, I got to be more, I guess I have to have more of a practice of health than I have. <laughs> and so I'm learning this kind of in some ways for the first time right now. Um, so balance is not always achievable in terms of like circumstances cause there's so much we can't control, Sure. but there are disciplines and practices that we can in, you know, invest in that really make it possible to, to, to not like lose heart, you know, because honestly, a lot of times, I mean, depression is very real and mental illness is very real. And I know this firsthand because I've been diagnosed with OCD and mm. I, uh, but I also know that for me, tiredness and like fatigue can go a long way towards making me feel like uh, hopeless, <laughs> you know, and yeah. depressed and despairing. And so, um, finding those things that, that really, um, bring rest and refreshment and healing are so important. Um, and artists are no exception. So I just, I really am an advocate now, a proponent of, of those healing practices, whatever they might be for a specific individual. Sure. You mentioned you were, you know, close to the point of 
like burnout? Could you maybe, you know, don't have to go mm -hmm. into like super specifics, but what, what does that sure. look like? What are those warning signs look and feel like for somebody? Well, my last episode of that included, um, anxiety attacks on stage. Sure. It included, um, physical tics that I developed. Like, uh, I had twitches in my thumbs that were like, um, uncontrollable and kind of strange and obviously it makes it hard to play. Um, mm. when that's happening, um, those two things were the sign to me that I had pushed it to the point of like, it'll be the point of no return if I don't stop and, and figure out what's going on, you know, yeah. and, and everybody's got their different, you know, there's so much that goes into burnout and so much that goes into anxiety. Um, and I'm not the only one dealing with that and I'm not unique, you know? And I think for me, those were the things that kind of showed up and made me go, Oh gosh, I'm not paying attention to myself. You know, I'm not paying attention to my body. I'm not paying attention to my mind sure. and I'm not paying attention enough attention to my spirit. And so I, I started trying to find anything I could do that basically made it easier for me to hear my signals because mm. I wasn't in touch with them. And so, um, you know, I've had various, manifestations of that that was the most recent sure so just yeah pay attention to what's going on in your own life yeah and, yeah know, like, like listening you know um right. listening because you kind of sometimes i think a lot of us live with this like vague feeling kind of simmering on the back of the stove that like sure. things aren't okay right and we just sort of keep pushing through because it's like well christians just don't you know i you sort of don't feel free to be like not just say I'm not all right, but to say the specific ways in which you're not all right. And honestly, I think a lot of us are coached in uh, unwittingly um, by some of the ways we've been brought up to not give that the time of day. It's sure. like take every thought captive, you know, Christ mm -hmm. is your joy. Like you don't really need to, um, you know what I'm saying? Like I count right. it all joy that I'm suffering. And it's like that's beautiful, but there's also this point that you get to where um, – maybe your suffering is unnecessary. You sure. know, some of it's beautiful and, and necessary and kind of unavoidable. And some of it is what we bring on ourselves. Right. So, you know, I just feel like, why would we bring that on ourselves? Sure. I don't think that makes sense. And it makes us worse at being married and parents and being worship leaders and all right. of that. So, yeah. And I, especially in the church culture, it feels like there, it's yes. almost, it's almost a badge of honor to say yeah. like, man, I did a 70 hour week this week. And totally. you know, yeah. Like you, you mentioned the, you know, kind of joy to suffer. Like, I think we've, we've often turned that, you know, maybe made it a little flippant because like, well, I worked a lot. So that's suffering, you know? But, right. And it's like that, that is that, right. There are people right now, you know, who are truly, I mean, everybody's suffering in some way. Sure. But there are people, there are people on the run and displaced from their homes in Syria and all this kind of stuff. And I'm not trying to trivialize what we go through as worship leaders and ministers, but I will say, I think that there are ways that we turn ourselves into martyrs that we're really, truly not actually. Um, and, and it can, it, what it does is it's a distraction too, because it's like that we should be suffering for the world. You know, that's so true. And there are ways that we can do that, that are not at the cost of what, you know, our vocation is in life. So if I just think burnout doesn't help anybody, you sure. know what I mean? It's not like it helps us to be better advocates for the poor, to be burned out and like in the mental institution. So yeah. I, anything I can do to avoid driving myself into the ground in that way, I will do because I want to be a gift to the world and to my spouse and to my child, you know? Sure. So it's not about like me time, take care of me first. It's really not that it's more like, you know, 
recognizing the things I'm called to and staying fit for them, just like you go to the gym to like be able to run around with your kid, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah. I think that's, that's a lot of a, you know, probably an uphill battle for a lot of the people listening to this, just oh, especially yeah. with the season, you know, and the, there are expectations put on, you know, creatives, worship leaders to, you know, produce to, to get the program done. And yeah, so hopefully this has been some kind of encouragement to you to try to find that balance. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. So. Do you have any, um, I guess in that note, any last advice or encouragement for, you know, the, the worship leaders probably got this in their ears mm -hmm. while they're up in the rafters pointing mm -hmm. a light for their program or something, anything for them? Well, don't fall down first right. of all. <laughs> Secondly, um, yeah, I love to think about the fact that, you know, a lot of us, uh, it's tough because I think, a lot of us are striving for balance um, in life with work and ministry and prayer and personal health and all that. And really, in reality, I mean, balance is kind of, a, I think, a poor term for what the Christian life is because, or for what life is in general, because there, again, there's so much we can't control. You know, circumstances go out of balance all the time. Um, one of the great promises of Christianity is not balance, but um, peace that passes understanding in the midst of the wackiness that is this life and our jobs and our marriages and our health, you know. And one thing that's beautiful about Advent and Christmas is uh, the idea that just as God embraced the chaos, you know, so can we. Um, but you do see in Jesus in his life that dedication and devotion to personal stillness and solitude that kept him fit for his ministry if jesus isn't above that then we shouldn't be either mm. um and it em enables us to embrace the out of balance chaos that is our lives you know um if we preserve that interior space if we preserve that health that um that that uh stillness and contemplation then we can actually go out of balance quite a bit sure. <laughs> um because we kind of have to especially yeah. in ministry i think you know and in parenting and all that stuff so um so that would be my word of encouragement is that even when balance is not possible logistically there is a possibility for stillness for peace you know in the midst mm. of that and i think that that's one of the many things jesus has to offer us yeah Thanks for listening. As always, head over to thechurchcollective.com, hit that contact button, and connect with us. We want to connect with you and connect you with others. God bless you today.